and welcome to episode 26 of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. And I'm Jess Riverstein. Thank you for spending your time with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The Tampa Bay Lightning have won the Stanley Cup and the 2020 season is complete, but you can already start looking forward to next season. With odds for all 31 teams to win next year's Stanley Cup, whether it's a favorite like the Tampa Bay Lightning and Colorado Avalanche, an under-the-radar pick like the Arizona Coyotes and Columbus Blue Jackets, or the ultimate underdog like the Detroit Red Wings and Ottawa Senators, Bet Online has you covered. So head to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week, we have a very special draft preview episode for you. Today, Jess and I are going to give our top 10 players in the 2020 NHL draft. And Jess, I don't know about you, but this was so hard for me to put together. I thought it was supposed to get easier the closer the draft got, not the other way around. (laughs) Welcome to my world. (laughs) I didn't have a hard time because... When the smoke clears and these guys get out there and actually start playing, everybody will remember where you were picked, good or bad. But if it's good, then they say, wow, what a steal. He got him at number 75. Or if you suck, everybody's going, why did you waste such an early pick on him? Well, my way of doing it is I looked at who are the top 10 players who I think are actually going to have the biggest impact. 100% Jess, I have my top 10 ready, you've got yours. My honorable mentions for this list are sometimes or even as long as my list because I think this is one of the deepest drafts we've had to deal with in a very long time. And like you said, in years past, we get through the top 10 picks and then everyone's like, all right, pack it up, you guys settle it at home, I'm heading out. But the talent level this year is absolutely through the roof. I know this is a bold statement, but I really truly feel like if you have a first-round pick this year, your team is going to be better when we leave the draft. Very good, Grasshopper, because that's exactly the way I look at it. The key's got to be, do I help my team? It's easy to look at a bunch of names and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take him here and I'll take him there. Or I'll trade for this guy, or I won't trade for this guy. It is hard to seriously come up with 10 players. We'll have a good time. So let's get right to it, okay? Tell me, Luke, who's your top 10? All right, let's start with our number one guys. And Jess, I'm assuming that we're going to keep it pretty boring right here off the bat. Because my number one guy is Alexis Lafreniere. I can't really say that much that hasn't been said already. Some of the great minds of the hockey world say that he's a fantastic playmaker. He's got a great shot, good hockey IQ. Plays a full game. I don't know what more to add. Everything's been said about this guy. He's my number one. This is the easiest pick. You're looking at this generation, Sidney Crosby, or whatever name you want to put on it for the top selection in the draft. Uh, He's worlds apart from everybody else. He's got the whole game, the five-tool player, 200-foot player. You can throw every cliche out at him. He is who he is. All right, your number two guy, Jess. Who do you have? My number two is going to be Tim Stutzel of Germany. I like him. I think he's going to be a a huge impact player. I also think that if Lafreniere wasn't in the draft, this guy would make a strong case of being picked first overall. 
Not a bad pick, Jess. I'm going to switch it up, though. My number two guy is going to be center Quinton Byfield. It seems nowadays that Tim Stuzel is being looked at as the number two over Byfield. But I love what this kid brings to the table. He's got some hands to him, a good shot. But what impresses me most is what people have to say what he does with his size. 6'4", 215 pounds, and people say he moves like a guy half that size. He's a big boy that does big boy things. He's got the power to him, but he's got even more than that. And then GM Rob Papineau has been quoted saying that he might just be the greatest Sudbury Wolf of all time. And if that's not a glowing review to send you off to the number two overall pick, I don't know what more is going to do it for you. Jess, take it away. Number three. Number three is Quentin Byfield. I mean, you can argue who's two and who's three. L.A. is number two in the pick. And I think the difference being that they needed more offense. That's why, you know, part of what I say Stutzel goes second. But I think if you're Ottawa, you really can't say no to him. How can you not like Byfield? I don't think he even knows his own potential. Coming off of an 82-point season, but I think at the pro level, he could do this. He could do 82 points as a pro. He could shoot. He could score. He can pass. His IQ is off the charts. He's a really talented player. And he doesn't make the same mistake twice at a time. Look at that. We flip-flopped our two and three because my number three is Tim Stuzel. It's going to be those two for two and three. Even though I have Byfield on top of Stuzel, I think Stuzel has a ton of talent to him. He's been dubbed the Swiss Army knife of this draft. He can play center or either wing. His offensive abilities have been praised by some of the best people. And like I've said before on the show, he's being compared to Leon Dreisaitl, who's someone working his way right now to being the best German in the NHL ever. And I think Stuzel's going to be close behind him right when he comes into the NHL and starts working towards that goal because this guy has a lot of talent to him. The number four in my rankings, I've got Jamie Drysdale here, and I know Drysdale has really fallen for a lot of people. I think a lot of people around him have had their stock really come up. I don't really think Drysdale is a bad player, though. We seem to forget that at one point he was the consensus number three overall pick many months ago. But the big thing everyone talks about is Drysdale looks like he's going to have the skill set to be one of the best skaters in the NHL one day. Watching him work the blue line and work his magic in that little area is an absolute treat. And mix that with his high hockey IQ and his ability to create offense. And you have a top five player right there laid out in front of you. I know defensively, a guy like Jake Sanderson has him beat pretty cleanly. But I think from a talent perspective and who I would want more, I want Drysdale. I went with Marco Rossi. I know he's 5'9". That would hurt most people. But I like this kid for several reasons. The first one is when he's on the ice, he makes everybody that's on the ice with him better. I think his compete level is perfect. He plays a 200-foot game. I think some people are going to look at me and laugh because he's only 5'9". But I threw his height out because I looked at what he did as a whole. I mean, 81 assists, 39 goals, 120 points overall in just 56 games. I think if he would have been given an opportunity in the playoffs, the way he was going, I think he would have been a leading point getter in the playoffs. All right, number five, Jess, who do you got? Number five for me, I think it's going to cause everybody to go, what were you thinking? And that is Yaroslav Askinov, goaltender, Russia. And the reason I'm saying that is because he is the best goalie. This is a kid who's going to be probably the best goalie to come out of Russia in almost a decade. And that's saying a lot because there's some really, 
really good goalies who've come out of Russia. What can you say? He's athletic. He's 6'3". He makes that big save when you want him. And God, he's such a winning goalie. A 245 goals against, a 93% save percentage, and he only played 18 games. I think if you follow what they do in the KHL this year, I think Yaroslav is going to be the reason why St. Petersburg is going to have such a great season this year. Jess, I'm not going to call you crazy at all here because Askarov is actually also my number five guy. He's the big question mark in this draft. I'll give you that. People will be asking about Askarov until the second his name comes off the board. There are a ton of players in this draft whose placement is up in the air. Guys like Sanderson, Perfetti, Jarvis. But I think Askarov is the most mysterious of them all because no one really likes to use a first round pick on a goaltender. With that said, Askarov is supposed to be one of, if not the best goalie prospect we've seen in years. He's big, he's in your face, he tracks pucks well, he's got a great sense of athleticism to him. He's the first ever 17-year-old to start for St. Petersburg, and that's a huge deal over there in the KHL. He's a long-term commitment. Normally, with a top 10 pick, you want those guys to be ready quick. It's going to be a while before we see him in an NHL game. But his level of talent is talked so highly of, unlike any other goaltender we've seen in his scenario, that I think talent-wise, he's top five in this draft. It's just a matter of which team's going to have the balls to pull the trigger on selecting him. I really think that he's going to surprise people where he goes. My number six guy, another name that's already been said by you, Jess, Marco Rossi for me. Rossi is a guy who we've seen slip down the projections, maybe due to his height, maybe due to some other people working their way up. But we've gone over plenty of times on this show what Rossi's capable of, and I think that's what made me take him back at number four when we did our mock drafts in episode 10. Rossi has said himself how proud he is of his playmaking and his hockey IQ, But if you look at his numbers from last year, he's one of the most productive players possible you can take in this draft. He's outproduced a lot of talented NHL stars that have been in the same position. And he's come close to guys like John Tavares, who was a number one overall pick. So if Rossi can carry that over to the NHL, which I think is very possible, I think he's going to have a massive impact and be one of the best players out of this draft. All right, Jess, who's your number six? I like Jake Sanderson, left-handed defenseman. He's playing for, you know, National Training and Development Program under 18. He's smooth. He can skate. He plays no matter what the situation. He can handle the puck quite well for a defenseman. He might be the best defenseman out of college next year. All right, Jess, you're number seven. Who do you got? Number seven, I have Braden Schneider. And I know a lot of people are going, huh? but he's going to go higher than 22nd where most people project him. You look at his overall game, he's probably the best skating defenseman. He's physical. He thinks defense first. He can make a good pass. I think he's very underrated on his offense. I mean, that's why I got him at seven. My number seven is another guy who was once a top three pick. I still think he has that potential. I've got Lucas Raymond here. Now, Lucas Raymond's a very interesting cat. Dropping very quickly in the in the draft rankings, a very tough draft year for a guy who's projected to go top five, sometimes top three, but I still think he's got it in him. He's a bit of a gamble, but I think with the speed, with the things he can do with the puck on his stick, a lot of different teams can benefit from having this guy on the roster. I really wish he had a better draft year because he's really a talented player. I really do have a lot of faith in him, and I really do think he's going to do well when he hits the NHL. Well, you know, you just said it, and I think that's the key right there. You wish he had a better draft year. 
a lot of these guys who are in his range, he's only 5'10", 165. This is where not having the draft combine is going to hurt a lot of these younger players because they don't have the championship playoffs to look at in terms of video shape and all that good stuff. They'll probably have a virtual workout for him because he's also in Sweden. But I think you toss out his numbers. I think you just simply go by the body of work. He's a hell of a playmaker. He's going to be a good player. My number eight pick, another winger that I think is going to have a great shot in the NHL, it's Alexander Holtz. I have them right next to each other. Funny enough, I actually like Holtz better than I like Raymond. I think he's a safer pick, even though Raymond has a little bit of a higher upside. That's why I have Raymond above him. I think if there's going to be a guy on this list who's going to have a surefire time, like an immediate impact, it's Holtz. He's got a fantastic shot. One of the best you're going to see out of anyone in this draft. I've got this feeling in my gut that, you know, even though he's had some criticism that he lacks some sort of urgency when he doesn't have the puck on his stick, I think he's going to do just fine. I really do. And I think when you have that talent to you, that translates to no matter what team you're on, Alexander Holtz is going to be one of my top 10 here. All right, Jess, your number eight. Who do you have? My number eight is going to come off as a bit of a surprise. I like Tyson Forrester. And uh, the reason I like him is because I think this is a player that if they'd have had the combine, he would have shot up the ranks. He's a 6'1", 194. He's a big scorer, and he's got good puck protection. He can be used as a center or right wing. I think he's going to stay at center, strong on faceoffs, good defensively, doesn't make bad decisions. And if he does make a mistake, he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Tyson Forrester definitely going to shoot up the draft rankings. Jess, your number nine pick, who do you have? My number nine pick is uh, another surprise, and that's Connor Zary. Again, another center, and yes, I know people are saying he should have gone it towards the middle to the end of the first round, but I disagree. He's a highly intelligent, I say he's a power forward type player because I got to see him play more often. He plays for Kamloops, that he got up in this, so he got my attention. He's really quick on making decisions on the ice. Sometimes I think he's made the decision before he even realizes that he's made the decision to do this or do that. I look at his numbers from last year for Kamloops, 38, 48, 86. To me, the closeness in the goals versus assist numbers, that says a lot about his willingness to uh, share the puck. So that's why I've got Zary here. He's going to be an impact player. I like Connor Zary a lot. I know he's projected to go in the low teens, but I think he's a very reasonable pick to go at the number 9 or 10 spot. I think he'd fit in great at Minnesota or Winnipeg. But for my number 9 spot, I've got a name. You've already said, Jess, it's Jake Sanderson, and he might have the quickest rising stock of any player in this draft. Sanderson went from a mid-first-round pick to potentially top 5 in the blink of an eye. And I love Drysdale, but it seems that the need for an offensive defenseman in the league at this very minute isn't as high as it used to be. And that's where Sanderson comes in. In the case of a defensive defenseman, he's the best hands down in this upcoming draft class. He was also named the best American-born junior hockey player this year by USA Hockey, and that's one hell of an honor. I think Sanderson has the potential to be a star in the coming years, and there's going to be a fight for him on draft day. I guarantee it. And for my 10th and final spot, there were a ton of players I wanted to put here. I thought about Anton Lundell. I thought about Rodion Amirov. I thought about Dylan Holloway. But the guy I settled on, Jess, is one of your favorites. 
My number 10 is Seth Jarvis. And I learned from the best on this one, so a big nod to you. And aside from Askarov, Seth Jarvis has had the most variants of draft position out of anyone in this first round. I've seen him go as high as 8 to Buffalo and as low as 24 to Washington. This guy could literally go anywhere. So I don't know where he's going to go, but I do know that the kid can score. 42 goals and 98 points in 57 games with the Winterhawks last season. Works well in high-pressure situations. And Jess, you've said enough great things over our many months working together that I'm sold on this guy. I love the kid. I admit, I have a bias. I drive across the river and I'm at Memorial Coliseum or the Rose Quarter, so I get to see Seth Jarvis play. Totally unselfish. When he comes on the ice, it doesn't matter which four other players are with him. They automatically see their skill set uptick. I love how he can make his teammates better just by his own presence. Not to mention, he plays in a very tough U.S. division in the Western Hockey League. Those teams just beat the living you-know-what out of each other. All right, Justin, you're number 10 guy. Who do you have? I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people because I like a goalie, possibly the best goalie from the U.S. in this draft, and that's Drew Camasso. I know. Why are we taking him here? Well, for one thing, I think the number of goalies in this draft are just not there. He's big. He's a butterfly goalie. He's aggressive. You know, you can pick him here, let him go off to college, spend a couple of years there, and then let him work on his craft once he becomes a pro. I like his numbers. He's also been invited to the uh, United States under-20 training camp. I think he might steal the job there and he'll represent the United States in the upcoming World Juniors. There you have it. Those were our top 10. Jess, we also said we'd deliver a sleeper today. Do you have one in mind? Well, actually, there's several guys I've got, but one of them is a player with the Sioux Greyhounds. Everybody wonders about his uh, offense. I don't. I think he's going to do just fine. It's Yarmir Pitlick, a 6'3", He's 200 pounds. He's growing into that body of his. I think that's what's going to hurt him. He's going to come across growing into a monster. But that's a good thing in my book. He's powerful. He's hard for any one man to cover. His numbers weren't that great, you know, considering the other nine guys that you want to draft. I think that if he played elsewhere, if he had guys who didn't have hands of stone, he probably would have put up better numbers. So I think there are a few different ways to define the word sleeper. The way I define it is not who's the sixth round draft pick that's going to end up on my roster. Mine is who is the late third round pick that's going to play like a late first round pick. That's who I'm looking at. There's a few guys that I was looking at. I wanted to put Jan Bednar here, Brock Faber, and of course I wanted to talk about Ty Smolanik for the Quinnipiac crowd. But yes, in the NHL, I think name value goes a long way. I think in most scenarios, when we see siblings come in, they're more likely to play like the Van Riemsdyks in the stalls rather than Brent and Wayne Gretzky. I think there's a difference in talent, but there's still talent there nonetheless. And since that usually means something, my sleeper pick for this draft is going to be Luke Tuck. And I'm sure many of you know his older brother, Alex Tuck, who plays for the Vegas Golden Knights. Tuck is currently projected to go in the early third round and as early as the late teens in the second but I really think he's got the talent to be an early second-round pick. He put up 15 goals and 30 points in 47 games with Team USA and their U18 team, and he's currently at BU patiently waiting to play his first season there. You listen to coaches and scouts talk about him. He plays a complete game. He's physical. He's got good skating. He's got a good shot. He's got everything you want. 
And the biggest complaint I've heard about him is that he doesn't have that wow factor. Now, I understand that's something that you want in a player, but you know who are some guys who don't have a wow factor to them? Jonathan Huberdeau, Gabe Landeskog, Jonathan Marcheseau. Some of the best wingers in the league right now don't have that wow factor to them. So if that's the only thing he's missing, I'll go make up for it somewhere else because this kid's got a load of talent, and I really think he's going to do well. He's a power forward. He's skilled. He also plays a physical game. I think he's not going to last past the late first, early second picks. Some of these teams are going to go out there. They're going to see him, and they're going to go, oh, my God, how did this guy slip so far? Well, I don't think so. I think my picks are guys that I think are going to have the greater impacts, and Luke Tuck, I think, is going to have the greater impact. He's going to do better than any of his family did. I just think that he just needs the better coaching that he's going to get at the college level. He's going to have a couple of years to work on his game. The old saying that I got from Gordy Clark of the Rangers is everybody never lets you forget your mistakes, but boy, they never remember the guys that you got right. And I think whoever grabs Tuck is going to get probably the most valuable player of that draft. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Prospect Park for Jess at Luke Legrano on Twitter for myself. Tweet us, how did you think our rankings went over? Did you like Jess? Did you like mine? Do you think you could do better than the both of us? Tell us. We want to hear from you. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. I'm Jess Rubenstein. Thank you for taking time of your day to come listen to us. Enjoy the draft. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time. Take care and happy drafting.